welcome to the Beyond the Waves podcast. I'm your host, Julia Taranzak, and my twin brother Michael has Down syndrome and is my inspiration behind everything that I do. My mission is to share the lessons I've learned in unconditional love through growing up with Michael, to provide a means of healing while empowering you to achieve what makes your heart sing, all while revealing the beauty behind each individual who has Down syndrome. And welcome to another guest episode of the Beyond the Waves podcast. Today, I am so excited to be featuring Ashley Williams, who's a 32-year-old country girl at heart and loves advocating for Down syndrome and autism. She has been a full-time caregiver for her daughter ever for the past five years. Her husband and herself moved to California three years ago from North Carolina. Her daughter is Ever Julia. She was born October 28th, 2015. She had a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome and in 2019 was diagnosed with autism. Ashley shares that Ever's diagnosis does not define her. Her daughter is loving, silly, sassy, and is the best dancer in the house. She also is signed with Paloma Modeling and Talent Agency in California. Ashley hopes to see her daughter break down more barriers and show that kids with Down syndrome and autism are so awesome. Welcome, Ashley Williams, to the Beyond the Waves podcast. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on our show. I am so excited to have you and for you to share your story with Ever. So thank you so much for joining with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate appreciated you asking me. And um, yes, I love talking about Ever. That's why I have a whole Instagram page about Ever. Yeah, so I guess everybody really likes talking about their kids and their siblings, especially when they have Down syndrome. Um, it's just an extra joy to your life. You know, at first it may start off hard and understanding the diagnosis but definitely after your kid starts to get like two three four five and you just start to see their personality shine through and it's just a joy to you know really be a part of the down central community that is so beautifully well said i think our community is really powerful yes. and just seeing what everyone shares and just how empowering and yes there's difficult moments like you said but there's so much good that I think the world really just gets to know and really gets to learn about. Yes. And um, I'm so happy. It's so many platforms, you know, that you can do that on like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and just so many other platforms and podcasts like yours. And, you know, it just really opens the world up and get society more accepting of, you know, our siblings or our children that have a disability. Exactly. And we're so excited to have you on ours today. And I just want to see, you know, you shared with me that you had a prenatal diagnosis. Can you share a little bit more about your pregnancy journey with us? Kind of what thoughts came up, what happened and just how you were doing during that time? Yes. Um, actually, uh, I was about three months and I had a blood test and the blood test came back that it was positive for a possible um, trisomy um, diagnosis. And the doctor said, okay, your child may have Down syndrome. We don't know. So can we get an um, immunocytosis um, test? And so I had that test done and it came back positive. And I was about three months. And so they were like, okay, 
these are your options. Um, do you want to carry the baby on uh, full term or would you like to terminate the pregnancy or, and I was in that later term. So it was like, I would literally have to, um, they basically give birth to ever to abort the pregnancy because it was so late. And so I was just like, that's kind of weird. You know, um, it was, I, it was so many different emotions. Like I literally honestly like would cry and cause I didn't understand, you know, and especially at my age, I was like 26, 27 in my first pregnancy. And so I was just like, I always heard of older moms, you know, with the Down syndrome diagnosis. And so I was just like, how could this be happening to me? And so I was just so confused. I, I guess mainly I was just co confused of why you know, that was happening to me, I guess at my age, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so um, you know, even some family members was like, hey, maybe you should have an abortion, you're young, you can have another kid, you know? But it just didn't feel right. You know, even if I was sad at first, and even if the doctors were telling me like, oh, hey, you know, you do have all options, or, you know, even giving your child up for adoption or anything like that they don't make you feel comfortable, you know, about like, okay, well, this is still your baby and you're going to be a good mama. Let's get you resources. And, you know, I wish I had a lot more of that in the beginning, but I seeked it myself, actually. You know, I Googled things and I got into programs. Like it was a nursing program in my area. And the mom that was my um, nurse that mentored me through my pregnancy, she actually had a um, adult son with Down syndrome. And so, yes, and so that really helped me. Um, the Down syndrome community in my area linked me up with another family. And so um, I still talk to them to this day. Um, and I get to meet them and their son and everything. So, yeah, it was definitely the Down syndrome community that helped me realize that I could really, you know, be Everest's mom. Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And I'm curious, how much exposure did you have to the Down syndrome community beforehand or special needs? Like, was this all a completely new world to you? Yes, it was. And that was another thing. When you don't really know other families that have kids with Down syndrome or um, kids that have any type of disability as far as like um, mental disability or anything like that, it's hard. Cause you're just like, oh man, I'm going to be the oddball or, you know, like, I'm just, how am I going to do this? Because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. So that's why the Down syndrome community and just, um, the nursing program that I was in, um, they really helped me, you know, and that's a testament to that there are resources out here, but sometimes you have to seek it, but I wish it was easier, especially in my community. We don't know. You know, I have a lot of um, African-American moms message me all the time on Instagram and say, hey, um, do you know any resources about this? Or do you know anything about this in my area? And they live all over, you know, and I'm just like, oh, well, just reach out to your Down syndrome community in your area. You know, that's mainly what I could tell them. And I, I feel um, bad sometimes because I can't really get to them and, and talk to them and take them places and show them things and stuff like that. And I just really hope that for my community, we can get a bigger um, spectrum of families that can give out resources 
and just guide these families during this difficult time because a lot of families don't have kids with disabilities in it, so they don't know where to turn. Exactly. Which organization did you go through originally? Um, the um, agency in my area is in um, Mecklenburg County in Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. So that was our Down Syndrome community out there. Wonderful. I just, I love that you just, you took the time to just go out there and find those resources. Cause a lot of people, it's very isolating. Yes. Yes. How if you live in like rural areas, you know, it may not be a lot of, um, you know, um, it may take you a, a 30 minutes just to get to the closest Walmart or something like that. So how would you know, how would you know how to get to the Down Central, um, you know, association or your nearest one or something like that? Exactly. Something yeah. that you brought up that I thought was so important to say is that, you know, so many people think that Down syndrome diagnosis only happened to older women. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people forget, and I forget which account kind of shared this a lot on Instagram, but yes, the probability of having a Down syndrome diagnosis is higher for women who are above 35 or in their 40s, but a majority of Down syndrome births are actually to younger women. Yes. And I have met so many, so many women and like around my age and, you know, um, even I've met some younger than me mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and I was just like, wow. So that statistic isn't, you know, correct in a sense of that, you know, telling that to the world. And I think if they let everyone know that younger moms can have kids with Down syndrome, I think that, um, moms will be more prepared if they get the diagnosis well okay this is something that can happen to me you know you don't feel so confused because mm -hmm. you will know it's other moms out there that are younger or middle aged that have kids with down syndrome exactly so well said and you also shared with me that ever was diagnosed with autism back in 2019 yes yes and how you found out about that like how did you i mean i just i'm so curious about that whole process yeah, well, um, it was actually her doctor wanted her to get the um, the testing for um, being on the spectrum. She did have a speech regression that I seen and some other little things that she would do. And so I kind of would feel like maybe it was something else going on, but I wasn't sure. And so her doctor recommended that we get the test for autism, and she did... Um, come back as being on the spectrum. Yeah, uh, moderately on the spectrum, yes. Yeah. How did that impact? Did you have to do any additional therapies? Like what resulted because of that? Um, well, yes, um, we were um, able to add her behavior therapy mm -hmm. um, in with all of her other therapies. So that was something that was additional that she wasn't receiving before, um, you know, just with a Down syndrome diagnosis. Yeah. Did you have to do any sort of like diet changes, any other lifestyle changes, or was it just behavioral therapy that you had to add in? Um, just behavior therapy. I know that I've, I've been reading this book and they do suggest, um, you know, diet changes and things like that. But I mean, Era already likes to eat some of the same things. So I don't want to like take out too many things, you know, in her diet and like bread and gluten was one of those things. I'm just like, mm, that's like at the top of River's list, bread, rice, you know, like stuff, stuff like that. So I didn't really want to alter her diet too much, but it was more so her behavior and just the regression of speech. Mm -hmm. And um, she just um, maybe had to have more speech therapy 
um, with that as well. But other than that, though, she's still the same little kid, and uh, she is a little extra hyper at times and stuff like that. But uh, it's I like to say it's like the best of both worlds I'm getting. <laughs> I love that. And I know that Ever is also doing some modeling. So how did that whole journey get started? Yes, she is. Um, well, when we came out to California, I actually wanted to see if I could get her into a modeling agency just to have more inclusion and diversity um, in modeling, you know, for kids. And so I said, hmm, let me Google some things and see if I can find some agencies in my area. And I found one and they were looking for new talent for that um, summer. And so I said, mm, let me just send in Eris picture and, uh, you know, send it in and, and, you know, like weeks later, they get back to me and they were like, hey, we would like forever to be one of our talents, you know, in our modeling agency. And so I was excited. I was just like, oh, wow. And so she's been on a few jobs the past couple of years um, with them. And so it's, it's great. I just want to just keep trying to push her face out there and just help the Down Syndrome community, the autism community, and just um, African-American community, period. You know, being able to have someone that's African-American and has those disabilities, um, well, abilities, you know, but people can say that they're a disability. And yeah, I would just definitely want to keep showing the greatness that the kids can do. Exactly. That's incredible. And I just want to commend you for doing that because I think that's so important and that's something it's a side of activism that a lot of us really kind of need and a lot of us really just get to see right now. Yes, definitely. And I just hope that more um, companies, you know, especially the big companies as far as like stores and retailers, they really start putting more of our kids that have Down syndrome and autism or any dis disability. You know, I would like to see more kids even if they are in wheelchairs or anything, just to give acceptance to it that way when they go to school settings and if the kids watch TV, they like, oh, well, I see Billy in my class. He's just like um, on the commercial, on the, you know, just any company you could probably think of. They're like, oh, well, and I wear those clothes. So they're just like me, you know? So um, <laughs> I would just, just for more inclusion with the kids. Exactly. And I think that's so important too, because like you mentioned, there's so many parents out there who have their first diagnosis of Down syndrome and a lot of them don't have that exposure. Yeah. And it's so important for children, especially, you know, it kind of starts as when you're a child and when you start to see that and that becomes normalized, then you don't have so much surprise growing up. Like I feel like it's such a, it's a very powerful thing. It's so small, but it has such a big impact just long-term. Yes, definitely. You're so right. Because I can even remember when I was a kid and the only kids that I seen that had disability were kids in my school that were in the special education classes. And they didn't really integrate us as much, you know, to go play with them or to be friends with them or anything like that. So when you become an adult how and have a child with special needs, how do you connect the two in your mind when you grew up in a school setting that didn't connect you guys together, you know? Exactly. It's kind of, it's hard to bridge that gap without that prior exposure. Not even, yes. I don't think it's not even just exposure, but it's just learning that yes, they're different, but we're all the same. You know, we're all still human. We're all, every single one of us are different. You and I are very different, but we're all still humans. And it's so, I think that's something that it's really important to remember. Yes, we all like the same music, the same foods, you know, 
the same TV shows, you know. I, I'm pretty sure you like Shark Tank. I like Shark Tank. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, like we're all, all have things in common. And so especially when it comes to children with disabilities, we just have to let others know that, hey, they're the same. You know, for years, ever love watching Family Feud. How many people, you know, how many people you know that love Family Feud? Everyone likes to, did. <laughs> exactly. So everyone likes to watch Family Feud too. You know, so I just wanted to show her. And that's a, one reason why I did start the Instagram page was to show her. Because if you believe it or not, I'm like, oh, I don't do social media. You know, I'm one of those people. So it, it took a lot for me to like be consistent and post a lot of her and just my journey because as a mom I still was learning how to be a mom and learning how to care for Ever in the right ways to make sure she's developing properly and just to make sure that um we're growing well as a family and so I was like oh but I want to encourage others and let them know that they can do it too so you know I was just like I gotta do it I gotta do it and so you know I've, I've been doing it for the past but three years or so. So yeah. And thank you for doing that. I think it's so important to have advocates in our community that share what it looks like and share, you know, every one of us have a very different kind of journey. We all have different lessons to share. And I just, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Yes. And you get to meet so many people that are experiencing some of the same things that you are and can give you advice about that, you know, that you wouldn't know, like advice about potty training or just um, IEPs and just things. I didn't even know what an IEP was until I, you know, <laughs> seen <laughs> mom on there talking about it. And I was like, hmm, well, let me figure out what that is, you know? So, and then, so now fast forward, Ever's going to school and, you know, I had to do an IEP yeah. and I found out about it, you know, from someone else and was prepared a little bit more. Exactly. That's so true. I mean, you find different accounts, you kind of, you learn little bits and pieces that you might have maybe not known from your doctor, your therapist. It's just, there's so much that you can find out there that you maybe just didn't have as much exposure to beforehand. Yes. And that's the thing. The more exposure, the more resources our kids can get, the more um, information and funding for programs and things our kids can get, just the opportunities um, can grow for them. And so that's why being an advocate and, you know, doing like your podcast and things like that will really help, you know, all of the kids. Exactly. And thank you for joining us. And I think, I think I actually found your page last year, probably around June or July when Black Lives Matter was really becoming a bigger movement and really kind of taking a bigger momentum. Can you share with us and our listeners how that impacted you and just how your thoughts have been and just how you're feeling about everything. Well, yes, um, it's kind of hard seeing all of that going on, especially when you have to worry about like your fathers and your uncles and cousins and like my husband, when they leave the home to go to work or if they want to go to the store in the middle of the night or anything, you um, have to say like a little prayer, like, oh, I hope they don't get stopped by the police or get pulled over or something happens or someone tries to um, like be racist or anything like that because you want them to come home. You know, no one would look at Ever's dad and think like he has a wife and he has a child with a disability at home that he has to come home to, 
when they see him. You know, no one knows a person's story by just looking at them. So it's kind of hard when you know that others don't see your whole story and they react off of impulse and, you know, and you, you can mess up a whole family. And so you have to, you know, think about um, those things and just pray that that doesn't happen, you know, to someone in your family. Exactly. It almost sounds like a lot of people are forgetting that. Kind of like we mentioned, we're all human. Yes. We all have a story. We all have a family and just looking at someone because of their skin color and just labeling them at that, it's just, you're getting rid of an entire person. Yes, yes, yes. And and that's the biggest thing that I um have a problem with is that people are forgetting that we're all human. And it's just like, man, sometimes I feel like I have two different um, battles that I feel uh, close to my heart about is because I have to worry about, you know, stuff dealing with ever. And then I have to worry about stuff with her dad or anything like that. So it's kind of hard when you're like, oh, well, you have to make sure your child is getting right. And then you have to make sure that um, other african-americans in your family and yourself are getting rights so it's just like sometimes it's like a lot it was like i just don't i just want to be human today like you know i just yeah i want to think about nothing else like i just want to be ashley today you know exactly can you share with our listeners are there any experiences of racism that you've had that you think is really powerful for us to know about um, fortunately, I grew up in a neighborhood that was uh, majority African American, so that really put a shielded blanket over not having to deal with a lot of racism. Um, mm-hmm. So, in especially in schools, the schools were very diverse that I went to, and things like that. So I was, um, I guess you want to say, lucky in that sense of not having to deal with a lot of um, racism growing up. And so, um, but one thing I do want to say is that education, um, informing yourself, reading books, watching documentaries, un- trying to understand what, you know, another culture goes through, that will help you be a little bit more sympathetic to the Black Lives Matter movement and other causes that are trying to help African Americans. Definitely. What are your favorite books or documentaries that you've seen the past year that you really, really recommend for our listeners? Um, it's a documentary on Netflix um, by Ava, Ava DuVernay, and it's called The 14th Amendment. That is a... Oh, Yes, that is a very good documentary. Um, I would definitely suggest that everybody watch that if they haven't seen that. And it will bring you to tears, like watch, watch, watching that. Um, but yeah, it, but it, it, it hurts watching it as well. Is because even like our generation um, that came before us, like my mom's generation and stuff, you know, she could tell me how she remember um, uh, water fountains separate. You know, she could tell me... Um, having to get bussed out to schools and, you know, um, all, you know, non-predominantly black schools and things like that. So she can tell me about things that, um, you know, she had to deal with in that sense. And so, you know, it makes them be a little bit more shielded in, in how they live. You know, our parents can be like, oh, well, I go to the same place as a church and I come home and I don't want to do anything else, you know? And so it was a big thing for even me moving out to California because mom I'm like, you don't know people out there. What's going on? Why are you, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. just, like, you know, it's like that sense of not having that blanket over you. Um, 
But sometimes, you know, you have to step out on faith to be able to do new things and to experience things in life. And so that's what I hope I'm showing my family and, you know, my mom and my um, husband's family and stuff like that. Like we don't have to stay sheltered or be scared to do things. Exactly. Because we all get, we all deserve to live our lives and kind of live our purpose. And you should never be afraid to live what your purpose is. Yes. You know, we, we are all Americans and we all want to travel and see the world and um, just have everyday experiences and, you know, buy homes and just all of those things without having to worry, well, am I going to get less of something because of the color of my skin or, um, or am I going to get um, not approved for something because of the color of my skin? You know, that's kind of weird to have to think about when you do things. Exactly. I think a lot of people don't, they don't realize that. They don't understand that a lot of people of color have to think about those things. And I just have to question, is the color of my skin going to impact whatever I'm trying to do right now? That's something like I never had to grow up thinking about that ever. Yes. And then hearing these stories the past few years has just been, I mean, to me, it's felt like a slap in the face being so unaware of that, but it's, it's sadly really true. And it's, you know, it's going to take a lot for us to kind of get rid of that. Yes. But it's, you know, it's, we're starting that momentum right now. And I believe it's a movement that's going to continue. Definitely. And I just think that um, just the awareness of something is wrong. That's a big thing. And I guess for years, a lot of people didn't want to recognize that certain things were going on. And so now I think, um, especially through the pandemic and everything, um, and the Black Lives Matter movement going on, I think that people had time to sit and like pay attention because of all of the distractions um, of work and a lot of things stopped for a lot of people. So you had no choice but to see what was on the news or, you know, to kind of pay attention to those things. And so I really hope that, you know, more people just get educated and just be aware and just be a little bit more kinder, you know, to um, people that aren't like you, because you never know what people are going through when they go home or, you know, at work or anything like that. And if they meet you and you're mean to them or you're judging them off the color of their skin, you might just make their day that much worse, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. It's so important to be kind to anyone that you meet. I really love that. You, I mean, I know you mentioned, you know, you have almost two different battles. You have one fighting for Evers' rights and the separate one for just your family. Have you noticed anything with Ever? Like, are you ever concerned or do you ever notice anything being different because of the color of her skin and also having disability? Have you ever noticed anything like that? Um, the biggest thing that I notice is just stares. <laughs> yeah, just stares. Just a lot of staring and looking. And um, in that sense, it can get uncomfortable, you know, when you're going in stores or, um, you know, just... It, it can get uncomfortable at times. And I, I'm not, I know some people may not care or just don't pay it attention, but when it happens like a lot, you know, when they, people stare or wonder, sometimes I would rather someone ask me or, you know, just engage in a conversation with me or ask me about her or us or our family or our background or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's just the stares at times. Sometimes it's just like, or people will say like, um, oh, um, I'm happy to see that you're going out with her 
or something, you know, like it's strange, like it's strange for someone to um, <laughs> be spending time with someone that has a dis- disability out in the open or something like I should be scared or ashamed of, of my child or something like that. So it's, um, but that makes me want to be out more and do things with ever even more because I want to normalize that. I want you to see it's normal for you to see, you know, this African-American family that has a child with a disability and we love her. We love each other, you know? So um, yeah, we're going to be out. We're going to have fun and we're not going to hide away, you know? <laughs> exactly. What advice do you have for our listeners who want to be allies to people of color? What what do you recommend? What are some things that you've noticed that we can do? Um, definitely educate yourself, inform yourself, and you know, be a little bit kinder to others. Um, even if not to say that um you have to really like stand with the movement or anything like that because uh, everybody doesn't have that in, t- in them to kind of stand on the front lines with people. But even if it's just like at your job and you um, help and give a recommendation for someone or just, you know, just a little hand in, in, in the little things that you can do, being nice. And um, if you see something wrong that one of your friends are doing or saying, you know, just kind of correct them or inform them to look up information and just get a better understanding of things that are going on. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important to know. And to somewhat wrap things up, what are one of your favorite life lessons that you've learned from raising ever? Uh, Just to be in the moment more. Just to, uh, especially, you know, kids that have disabilities, some of the milestones come later in life and it just made me realize to cherish the moments and just be in the moment um, a little bit more with things when I'm out and you know not always being on your phone and have to take a picture of everything or just you know (laughs) just kind of be in the moment and just cherish what you're going through that's why sometimes I am not happy, but I am happy that some of the milestones I get to go along with ever a little bit longer, those stages, because, you know, some moms, their child um, crawls, walks, stands up, and then they're off to school. And then next thing you know, they're 16 and 17 about to graduate high school. It it just goes by so fast. Yeah. It just makes me every step with ever. It just makes me really appreciate just the simple things, just someone taking for granted how to walk or how to talk or anything like that. It makes me more conscious of, you know, those things and not being ungrateful. Yeah. I love that you say that. I think being present, that's something I've learned from Michael as well, is that you you have these precious moments with our loved ones and those moments are so important. And I mean, Michael didn't walk till we were about, I want to say maybe three years old. Mm -hmm. And when you, I love how you say you stay present in those moments and you're in the moment it makes it, it's like a journey. You know, I think so many of us try to reach milestones, no matter if it's for your child or if it's even for yourself, but even if it's your own personal goal, maybe it's for your job, your career, whatever you're doing. I think staying in the moment and being in those ups and downs in the journey, that's what makes those milestones even more important. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I was just going to say that, like, it just makes it even more special. Like when you do get to that step or, um, you know, accomplish something, it makes it even more precious. It's because, you know, you know how they say um, 
the slow wins the race, you know, um, steady wins the race. You know, yep. sometimes you don't have to rush through life, <laughs> you know, um, rushing through and not taking your time to, you know, make things right. Because if you don't, you know, sometimes, you know, things can mess up for you. So sometimes just being in the moment and taking your time and that's what ever definitely has taught me is just to be more present and just appreciate things that I have and just appreciate some of the things that I can do because what I can do with ease, you know, she can't do sometimes. So it's just like, sometimes I, um, like feel like oh my baby if i could help you more i would but it was just like no you gotta do it on your own you gotta do it on your own because um i just love her little independence that she has so you know just that um being in the moment and just appreciating everything yeah that's so beautiful thank you for sharing what are some of your favorite things about ever oh lord It's a lot. It's a lot. I really like, uh, she's silly. Like she is very silly. Uh, She does silly things to make me laugh and her dad laugh. And um, she is very like active and she likes to be outside and run and play. So I really like that about her. And um, I just like that. She's, she's like carefree. And I'm just like, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like, she's she's just, like, carefree, and, oh, I'm doing this today, and I'm doing this, and I'm, like, whatever. So she's just, like, carefree, and she loves looking in the mirror, and she's a girl's girl, you know? She likes um, my hair and her her hair, but she doesn't like me to do her hair, though. But she likes to mess with everybody's hair and uh, stuff like that. I know one time um, someone was like, she's going to be a hairstylist. I was like, maybe, because she loves planting hair. Oh my gosh, that is so fun. Yeah, so she um, um, loves to play with her dolls and just, she pals like everything up. Like she'll pal it up in a pal and then she'll just like sit in the pal and just have all the stuff around her. And I think that's the funniest thing. I'm just like, but she'll like get up and she sees she's missing a toy. She'll like, oh, I gotta go get it. You know, she'll go get it and she'll have to keep adding to her little pal of toys. And I'm just like, yeah, I was just like, that might be a little bit of the spectrum, but being able to have to have those, your things and, you know, around you. And sometimes she'll line things up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that's so, um, I think it's cute though. You know, when she uh, lines her little um, dolls up or something like that, it's so funny. Oh my gosh, that is precious. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know or anything that you want them to take away from today? Um, Yes, I would definitely like them to take away. Just be kind to others and inform yourself. And if you don't know anything about Down syndrome or autism, um, look it up. Help if you can, um, because we all need help in some kind of way, even if it's just um, you helping a child to cross the street or, you know, you're helping their parents with things and, um, you know, you never know what someone needs. Um, just so just be mindful of others and things that everyone is going through because, you know, your kindness will go a long way. So true. I just, I love the emphasis on kindness. And I think the world just all, every single one of us needs a little bit more kindness just to get through everything. 
Yes, because definitely I think about that with ever starting school um, for the first time in two weeks. And I'm just like, I just hope people are kind to her and, you know, because I want her to really like school and want to go back. I want her to literally like not want to come home because she likes school so much, you know, like I want her to be like looking like, oh, we pulled up at the school and she gets excited. You know, I really want her because she knows that's a safe place and a kind place and um, that people are showing her love, you know, and so just a little bit more love. I know that's kind of cliche when people say, oh, just we need love and kindness and like, but no, it's true. You know, it, it's really true. It's really, it's true. You know, just to be kind to someone and to be nice and, um, you know, stuff like that. Even if it's something like just open the door and to the store you know someone's coming out or going in and you're just like oh i'll get there for you you know just something like that or just say hi to someone you know it's hard for us to show our smiles now because of the mask exactly. but but when the mask come off just smile at someone you know you might make their day <laughs> that's so true a teeny little bit of kindness goes such yes. a long way yes well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining our show today. I'm going to make sure to put in your Instagram and where people can find you in our show notes. And thank I, you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really like everything that you're doing. Thank you, Ashley. I, you're so kind. Thank you so much. Give ever big hugs from us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Beyond the Waves blog. And if you know someone who may benefit from today's episode, please feel free to share with them so we can share the Beyond the Waves mission of spreading unconditional love and showing what it looks like to grow up with a sibling who has Down syndrome. I'm so grateful for all of you, sending you all so much love, and I'll talk to you next week.